my goodness. Can you believe that it is already April? It seems like it was just January 1st. I just want to say thank you for such an enthusiastic welcome for my Patreon and a wonderful first month. Oh my gosh, there's 85 of you in there. And we had such a great time on our live call. You totally embraced the prompt. There's been four podcast episodes dropped early and I just want to say thanks. And if you'd like more information on what that Patreon is, you can go to patreon.com backslash in the windowsill. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash in the windowsill, or just check the link in my Instagram bio. No matter what though, I love the feedback I've been getting from you guys lately. There's so much goodness in these podcasts and you have been responding and telling me that it's helped you a ton. So thanks for being here. Here's another great episode for you and please continue the feedback and the reviews. I'm doing this for you. Cheers. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Lovely. Thanks for being here with me. I am so glad you ventured to the windowsill and I hope you enjoy today's chat. I am talking to a, just a wonderful friend and someone that I've met online. I've never met in person, but we've known each other for several years and I admire her and her positive tenacity and how she supports others so generously. And I'm talking about Leah Quinn. Leah is my guest today and I'm looking forward to having you listen along with our conversation. Here's a little bit more about Leah. Leah is a maker and designer from New York, and now she's living the simple and slow life in a rural village in Southern Vermont. She lives in an 1865 Victorian farmhouse that she's remodeling with her own designs. And we get into that because the story is very cool. Leah's been self-employed for 20 plus years. She started as a web designer and event photographer. Prior to that, she worked as a landscape and interior designer for both commercial and residential properties with associate degrees in multimedia as well as interior design. Leah grew up in Westchester, New York with a mother who loved interior design and a grandmother who was an antiques dealer with her own shop in town. Her first memories of surface pattern design fascination were helping carry the huge wallpaper books and bringing them home where she stared at page after page while she sat on the floor. She was mesmerized with the patterns and colorways right there and then. She was five. She knew she was going to be an artist from that moment on. What a cool memory. My mom was an interior designer too. And those wallpaper books, I can still smell them and, and hear the pages that were all stuck together and think how cool they were and look at those inks and colors. Love that memory. 
As Leah continued her journey with being an artist, maker, and designer, it would take her roughly 40 years to discover the Make It and Design courses with Rachel Taylor that would finally help her dive into learning all about surface design. So she did many things along the way and then found her way back to surface design. Learning that she could create a creative career that she wanted and change it up as it went, these opportunities came around literally for her by taking courses led by Beth Kempton, Rachel Taylor, and Lilla Rogers, each of whom helped show her exactly how to do that. When Leah saw that her creative maker's business was at a challenging state of scaling and growing, she knew she had to create a life that supported what she could and wanted to do in the future. And because of the things she had learned along the way, and because she was able to follow her passions, well, you'll hear more about it right now. Here's Leah. Leah, I am so, so glad to have you here with me. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. You know, you're just one of those positive, positive energy people that is comes in and out of different places that where I am, groups and classes and things. And you're always so generous and helpful and you're, you lift others up. And I just so appreciate that. Thank you. I, that's very kind of you to share. I think the wanting to help people, I remember at five years old, literally as a kid, that I, that, that was innate in me. Mm, definitely your love language. Yes, yes. And that and being raised by a teacher. So therefore, you know, yes. it flips and you sort of <laughs> learn from those that have taught you. you know? I agree. You have this extra special way of, and I'm, I'm saying this relating to some of our relish group lives or things like that, where we would really be getting into it. It might be a very personal conversation for people or whatever. And then Leah would come in and just say something and we'd all be like, she wrapped it all up so perfectly. You just always had, have such good things to say. So I really appreciate that. Well, I'm listening, you know, first, first part of learning and understanding people is to listen. And that's, I, you know, and, and check the, the cues, you know, yeah. what are they doing with their hands, the way they're saying it, the tone, the whole bit. And I, and I love that. I love soaking up and meeting new people and the internet, thank gosh, uh, for all of us has allowed us to meet, you know, people that we would never be sh- you know, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, uh, learning or growing our careers with, you know, that's really exciting. It is. It really is. It's so it's so important. And I think too, that, um, I think listening, that's, that's such a good thing to say because often we're busy thinking of the next thing we want to say instead of listening to what someone else is saying. I love that. Well, thanks for being a listener and a, and a giver backer. Exactly. And yeah, definitely the, it's very easy for us to interrupt one another because we're so excited by what the other person has just shared. Like, oh yeah, I, I connect too. And let me share, but you never know. Sometimes they're, they're, they'll take you a totally different area that you were going to. I had a friend who would interrupt me consistently mm. and I, I'm no longer friends with this person because uh, <laughs> I actually learned like how, you know, how narcissistic they actually were. And I'm like, mm. oh not a good look for me. Okay. But, you know, step side, step this and, you know, end that. And, uh, and wow, how life is, has changed, you know, uh, yeah. so definitely by surrounding yourself with positive people helps you be more positive. I love that. You know? I love that. Well, I, I've seen you and been around you and known you for, oh my gosh, probably eight or nine years well, at least. 2015. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd love to know a little bit more about you, though. I mean, I know where you live and you have this amazing house and you're super creative and you're 
you've got different venture business ventures going, but how'd you get here, Leah? What was your, did you have, sounds like you had creative parents. Tell me a little bit more about well, path. I, I will, this is interesting. I always knew I was an artist. I always painted working clay. I mean, literally since I was a young child and I, my parents would actually send me to get art lessons, which was so much fun. Love that. Um, my local guy who uh, was well known in his in, in his time, but you know, by the time I hit my twenties, and I you know gone to college, I still loved design, but I was working more in, in commercial real estate management in mm. Midtown in the city, New York okay. City. Oh wow, that's a kind of a big deal in New York City. Yeah, yeah, and some of the buildings I was helping were really nice buildings, you know, yeah. ones like Fifth Avenue, and and so. 717 fifth and I then decided to go to design school while working full-time so I went to New York School of Interior Design and around this time I landed a job with a a wonderful large design firm that had incredible clients Ralph Lauren I mean we're talking about like some serious cool Philip Morris the time Warner merged when that first merged that company and I was always sent out in the field to do accurate measurements of the walls and the between the columns where the outlets were so that the drawings that I would then after remake were perfect in their their days of blueprints yeah back in the day (laughs) you know a a copy would could shrink or expand Mm -hmm. and when a project manager is doing some sort of cost analysis of how many linear feet of sheetrock he needs or she needs uh, it could be off considerably, and that would, of course, affect budget numbers. Right. So I was set. So I never got to be in the office except for, you know, when I was working on finishes or drafting. But I remember, and this is when you were also in New York City, as well mm-hmm. as Little Rogers, oh, and, and we didn't know one another, of course. <laughs> that would have been in fun. our own little circles. But I remember when Miramico opened up, and this design company. If you've never looked them up, do look them up for for fun and for eye candy inspiration. And they opened up a store on 42nd Street across from the WC Grace building, which mm. had a, a long slope in front of it. I don't know if you remember this building. Right across, right around the corner from the library. Yes, yes, I and do. And what was really neat, this is 2018 I'm talking about, the display was two stories, the glass, two stories tall. And this was really unheard of, really. Uh, much in New York, Lauren and Taylor, Tiffany, uh, you know, they all had sort of small, small windows, windows, right? Yeah. So to see not only this very large designs on very large objects, I mean, bigger than normal size in the two-story window, I was so impressed. And along with all this amazing work I was doing out in the field, going inside um, every single magazine of time, you know, so mm-hmm. Life, Newsweek, you name it. Um, the Rolling Stone magazine, that was a really favorite job of mine. And I got to be never so I started to see there were so many different ways to be creative, how designers work in, in a variety of fields. It really opened my brain. And I was like, well, I I, I, I want to do something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. So so that's where I, I sort of started with the interior design with the commercial company. I then ended up getting married and opening up my own residential high-end design company. Were you in New York City then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I sold it. Um, I I shared on my podcast last night, I own 90% because at the time there was uh, deals to be had if we had to go for a loan that if you were predominantly women-owned, 
you know, there was incentives there. Oh, sure. Uh, so, yeah. So once I got divorced, uh, he was like, what do you mean you own 90%? I'm like, well, it's <laughs> my idea. So he's actually, got, he's, he's kept running the company. And really? Company's, yeah. Company's still going, thriving, uh, doing very well. What's it called? And unlimited designs. I had to think awesome. for a second. Yeah. Designs unlimited or unlimited designs. That's one awesome. In fact, that's the time that I bought designsanything.com. Oh, wow. Remember we talked about that? Yes. Where we're, Instagram was still available for that. So yeah. Funny. Speaking of, for those of you who have come up with a kind of a nifty name, you know, make sure you go run and quickly to yes. get the Pinterest, the Twitter, the Instagram, any of the handles that you may need that are equal to that cool brand name you got. Absolutely. You may, like, use it for Even, a few you know, years. you don't exactly grab, especially your name. My goodness, grab your own name, <laughs> right? In fact, for those of you having children, grab their name for them. Yeah, that's okay. that's a great side tip for sure because somebody else might. Yeah, in fact, when I was when the internet first started, uh, I was like the only Leah Quinn, and some young lady. So we're talking about year. Oh my god, I don't even remember at this point. Two thousand four or five. I don't know. Right, right. She was like, "Oh, you know, there's only four or five of us here in the United States, in the world." And she was from England or Scotland. I'm like, "Oh, that's great." Hi. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, this is long before Facebook or anything like that. And I've always been a computer and app junkie. You know, I used yeah. to beta t- uh, test software all the time, including uh, just yesterday. I was on the phone with an issue with Printify, one of the companies I use for print on demand. And there was an issue with the chat, like closing when you had to access your own account. I said, tell your engineers to have the chat box open up in a new window. You know, because like, it happens all the time, the, the rep had said. So then I share examples of how to do it. I said, sorry, former web developer here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> please fix my problem with my own shipment, which she did, which was great. So, you know, so I've segued through a variety of different uh, design careers, which really helped me find my calling for don't want to do something different. And I had I'd gotten to the point when I hit Beacon, New York, I didn't have a job. I was no longer a web designer. I was no longer a newspaper editor for a website for the city of Peekskill. I'm like, what should I do? So I got inspired. Mm-hmm. I, I caught Beth Canton's, like one of her first online. Right. I took that very first one too from her. And I, and it kind of, you know, I didn't (laughs) do what you love, right? Yes. Yes. And I don't think I was two hours into that material that one, I stopped taking the course for a hot minute because I said, oh, I'll just open up a shop. I had no product line, no retail experience, but I'm like, I'll give myself a job. I see that I can do anything. And the very next day I secured a shop. And the landlord says, what are you going to sell? I said, well, I don't know, something, something that I make. Love that. Where was that? Uh, 500 Main Street, Beacon, New York. Love it. And I called it Beacon Art Emporium at the time. Uh, but within six, eight months, I rebranded to Heart and Soul Apothecary because all of a sudden I started building on this apothecary line I made. Yeah. Uh, you know, all organic, you know, certified organic, uh, gets pricey for the raw goods. Um, and I did that for... You know, 10 years. So for yeah. three years, as I got into that, I was taking Rachel's courses. Mm-hmm. I'd make it in design. And then all of a sudden I found out about GTS and make it art, uh, make art that sells. 
and that's where I met you in 2015. There you go. Uh, You know, virtually, of course. And from there, I took about three years. But once I hit that Art design course, the very first one, home decor, of course, Mm -hmm. I finally put making art number one on that things to do list. Interesting. You know, and that's, I think that's the important tip here for those of us that are trying to segue our careers. Maybe you're a web designer, but you really want to be an illustrator or you are a writer and, but you've always painted as a kid and you really like that. But, and yeah, I know you like to do it, but you, you have to like do the checkbook first and then the vacuuming and then the dish. And then, then then you're going to relax. No, you got to get that creativity being the number one reason. And when you do be as positive as I am. I'm telling you, it cured any sort of mentality issues I had <laughs> because there's a such there's something about when you create, you become more creative. Oh, that's so true, right? It, when you when you can get in the groove of it, right, in the creative flow, and and let yourself, you don't want to stop. Often, I find exactly. I also feel too, and here's a tip, especially when those juices really start rocking and rolling and you're there, you know, it's sort of like when you take a shower and you get the solution. Oh, I should do that for a solution. All of a sudden you start getting all these ideas. I have, and I have so many notebooks, I'm a notebook addict, but for, for I have one notebook that I'm constantly running. I always put the date on, but it's ideas for projects Mm -hmm. or products whatever or or, uh, oh that's a gift card and I don't worry about that I I, but I can quickly write it down and then go back to task yeah yeah because it's a good idea yeah because we you know because our you know my you know just too many in fact my best product for me is I come up with ideas I come up with more ideas than I could even use so by writing them down I can give them away to somebody or suggest them to something And, and of course that's what helped you know Elizabeth Todd uh, when I assisted her a little bit uh, a few years back. So, you know, there's lots of things to do when you, when you create. And I think one of the best things I've learned, Marco, is along with having a long career being creative, that I've allowed myself to grow where I can grow and recognize when I couldn't grow anymore. In fact, mm-hmm. um, interesting lesson I learned with the, uh, Heart and Apothecary and Beacon, I had scaled it so much and it was working so well that I couldn't keep up the production mm. as well as being at the store and checking inventory and, 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 and staff. And, you know, it gets to a point where, and running a store is fun, believe me. Um, and ironically, you know, I remember when I started, I was thinking, oh, I can't wait, you know, being an interior designer and decorator to, to do the windows, you know, every two weeks, three weeks. You'd know that it was the first thing I was like, delegate, hey, why don't you just shop the shop and do the new windows? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I couldn't wait to give that task away. Yeah. Um, you know, another well, tip, you know, when it comes to say bill paying, delegate anything you can. So mm-hmm. my bills are automatically paid. I, uh, you know, I really try to, I have a one, one woman job here. Yeah. So there's got to be lots of, lots of things that I can, all right, you do that, you do this, you do that. Okay, great. So then I have less distractions to be able to concentrate, you know, on making product with my art. I do think too that that we discover different things about our creative interests as we try things. Like you thought, okay, I'm gonna have a store. And you had a store and, and it quickly changed to heart and soul apothecary because that was an interest. And then allowing ourselves 
to maybe shed some of those roles. Like people may have known you as an interior designer, but now I want to focus on this. You know, it, it just allowing, just saying yes to yourself, saying yes to your interests and going there and trying it and, and starting something new and, and allowing yourself that. And it's not necessarily being brave, but you know that you can actually retell your story a different way. And you can, I call it Madonna-y, okay? You can, you can do the Madonna, you know? And that's a great reference to, to think, think of how that person in particular has really changed their look and the, and the sound, even sure. the sound of their music, Yeah. right? So um, whether you like that music or not, does, that's not, that's immaterial here. The point is that allowing just again, make sure that art is first. You knowing that that if that makes you feel so good, that needs to be up straight in front, yeah. So that you can feel good to then go to that day job that maybe you don't like or whatever it may be, right? Um, but you want to bless that job, you know, be grateful for that job because that's money coming in for you to then segue to what you really want to do. Exactly, and it's it's just paying attention to to yourself. When you opened Heart and Soul Apothecary, did you just were you just thinking, I'm loving this right now? Or did you have like a long, long-term long goal for that? What was your no, thinking there? I, I had no goal. In fact, I was one of these people that like, I didn't even have a one-year goal, five-year goal, 10-year goal in any way. Um, and, and it only came about because I had a wonderful, um, one of my vet, one of my suppliers happened to live upstairs and they made their own products. And I said, you know, is there anything I can sell that you think you need? She said, well, I would love, you know, essential oils. Uh, I said, really? What kind do you use most? And she shared the information. I said, well, okay. And boom, that's how it started. So then I started. So I, this way she didn't have to wait 10 days. She could just go downstairs, grab her lavender and go right back up. Uh, So, And we were French, very, very smart. But I have to thank her for thousands of dollars of sales I made as a result of yeah. that because it, it segued and I love cooking. So it's really the same thing. So you, you look at what you want to do, how to solve a solution and voila, you create a product, you test it. Um, and then, you know, if it works, it works. Yeah. Uh, and of course you have to test it out and all the rest. And, and it was a lot of fun, but man, being out of store up right. front, you know, being open to the public, yeah. You know, six days a week plus the production, and when it's it got scaled that much, yeah. And remember, you know, a store has to have even if it's a one of those fancy display stores that only show three of the products, right. where there's more in the back, you still have to have the back supply ready. Yes. And so if, if you're gonna make making, any money, yeah. So if you're making the product, I realize well, I have to switch how I'm doing business, which right. is the point where you and I had that chit chat about five years ago. Yes, now, it, was it was way too long ago. Yeah. And we both were at a time in our lives of things had changed in, mm-hmm. in our environments. Mm-hmm. And in mine, I was like, I can't do this shop the way I, I used to. Yeah. And what can I do? What would I? And that's when I really, uh, it was great. I just was finishing the year with Beth Kempton and Kelly Ray Roberts had joined to do a one year yeah. Uh, course and there were so many delicious uh, talented um, entrepreneurs like myself um, and it was all women yeah and we really not only supported one another and I'm still friends with quite a few of them Mm -hmm. and we've seen our careers continue to grow and bloom literally yeah Um, 
And that was really succinct and helped defining what I wanted for my future. Yeah. And so I, I knew that in this case, I, I wanted quiet. I wanted, I wanted a more serene environment. I wanted higher ceilings. I was in a two bedroom cave. I want, I didn't want to have to rent store space. I wanted to be, be able to do it here, you know, in the same space. I didn't want to, you know, there was a lot of things I didn't want. And so I was able to assess what I wanted and what would make it and have more possibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and opportunities to, if this fails, well, I could always do that. So I summed it all that up and realized, uh, and then found this house on Zillow. Yeah. So tell us a little, I mean, there's some amazing stories in that little process. So you decided, okay, I need to make a change. I want to move somewhere different. I want to not have the store and bring my businesses in home. And then how do you, how do you kind of continue your search or, or even do your search? Well, it's really funny because I, I, I didn't care what state I was going to be in, uh, physical state, you know, no, not mental. Um, so, you know, I, I was like, well, let's see, made in New Jersey, made in Vermont, made in New Hampshire, made in North Carolina. And I was like, made in Vermont just, just sounds right, you know. <laughs> Um, I love that. That's how that was one of the deciding factors. Well, but but makes sense, know, right? It matters exactly. And ironically, had I known, but Vermont is full of makers. I didn't know that, so it, it I fit more than I even realized. So that so that's one of those like you know feel your gut sort of thing. And I then, you know, I love Victorian houses by chance. I grew up in a large house that was Norman Tudor, but not Victorian but I rented in houses that were Victorian. And so the high ceilings, which are difficult to keep warm, um, (laughs) but uh, you learn. And, and I I feel like I do the Al Roker. I'm like, okay, at three o'clock, the sun goes down. That's when we close the curtains, you know? (laughs) So Um, you found some, you found some, so tell us about finding this house. Cause I remember watching that, you know, from afar and just thinking, this is so cool. I guess I, I, I found this house. Turns out that uh, it had been on the market on and off for about three years. And the seller was the niece of the man that also owned the house. She had lived here for a little bit, um, but he had lived here a long time. And I was in, she, she was very picky. And uh, she was fearing that someone would actually break it up to multiple apartments. Mm. Um, and I, I, uh, I assured her, nope, nope. And she was very, very tough. I was like, hey, it's a cash deal. Come on, you know, let's go, yeah. you know. And uh, finally she succumbed and and I knew it was going to be mine. I just I just knew it. And, and when I went through with the listing agent, we actually heard Bob's voice, the listing agent and I, and uh, it said, hi, hello there. Well, hello there. And oh, I had just finished saying, as we walked through this Victorian kitchen pantry area upstairs oh i would never change anything like this this is gorgeous as is wouldn't paint this will definitely stay and that's when we heard this male voice oh, and i looked at the my real estate agent and she says yeah i heard that too we said oh it's got to be the listing agent's boyfriend or husband coming in you know and we went downstairs and now no no boyfriend no husband and uh and i was like wow you know what he actually reached out to me she so, heard it too Oh yeah, we both did. Oh, man, we both I love that. Like, what? <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing. And he and so when I bought the house, all his tools were here. 
That's what I remember. Wasn't it full of treasures? Oh, it's still filled with treasures. I still haven't seen the animal stall in the in one section of the of the two story barn I have attached to the house. Oh my gosh! I have a skywalk that goes from upstairs to the second story. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's totally neat. And I and and, and, gosh, the Victorians—they were very smart. So there's windows in the skywalk that you basically, you know, unscrew out, and then you put the little screens in so that there's like breeze airflow, right? Yeah, and this, of course, these were designed so that uh, during winter you didn't have to go outside. Back in you know, this house is from 1865, so you know, early 1900s, there'd be a lot of snow compared to what we get today. And this way, when there were animals, you would be able to go feed them. Oh, would have happened to venture outside. Wow. Yeah. Because that's how, I mean, you had had to have, what, isn't there a wonderful kind of carriage house barn kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And there's a picture I have um, that is fascinating. It's a picture I haven't taken over 100 plus years ago of the house with a woman in front of the house and she's got orchids in the window. And, and, you know, to have orchids back then, and that was that was prices. Um, and and I am I'm the first person in the who is not an Adams in this house. So I oh, wow. I always like, you know, Adams. So it family. stayed in the family exactly yeah. since it was built? Yes. Wow. wow. So uh, yeah, so I really liked that. And so I always I always I'm like, hey Bob, thank you. I appreciate that. You Has know, I haven't thinking... visited you anymore. Yes. Mm, and that. and then they left photographs of all the animals that had lived here but they left them behind so there's a picture of nikki who's a black long-haired kitty and and oh there's gosh. jimmy shepherd so there's there's a wall that i've been creating of all the pet pictures mine and theirs included so you know? cool and the airbnb people are like oh that's so cool you know because i i allow dogs upstairs and cats and that you know well the usually- fact that it's been in the same family there must be things that haven't left the house since it since the beginning that's amazing yeah some of the furniture amazing i mean really and and that's coming from someone whose grandmother ran an antique store her whole life okay wow i mean some really nice pieces um early american um there's not many english most of it is early american yeah which works fine with mine you know yeah oh gosh what what fun and you've made it yours and not yet (laughs) <laughs> a little bit at a time a little bit at a time yeah in fact when you t- this is a project in fact and here's the trick too when you're trying to sell your wares all right yeah. um and in my case you know one of my businesses is an airbnb because i have some extra space and i actually share hey i've opened up the airbnb business to help support the renovation slow re- renovation of this home so they realize, and then I even tease, hey, the paint on the outside looks older than 1865. But I assure you, <laughs> once inside, you will see all the pretty photos in the original wallpaper uh, that yeah. came with the house. Amazing. And so my point is, you know, when, when when you have a weak point, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm like, I'm a really, I use two strong colors. Make that a positive thing on your listings because there are people out there that love strongly hued, right. you know, artwork or products. Okay, so th- my point is, you know, when you when you have something that might be a negative, you turn it to a positive and figure out a way to use it as a positive marketing statement and whatever you're trying to to market yeah. out there. You know, whether it's a business or piece of artwork. I think one of the things too that's tricky 
um, is when you take classes online or just even look at a lot of social media and think, oh my gosh, my colors aren't that bright or am I doing this right? That's not my style. That's when that second guessing of ourselves is, I, I just couldn't encourage people enough to try and tap into what feels right for you and what what is your way, even though somebody, a teacher, quote, and I'm putting that in quotes because we're all teachers, right? We all yes. are learning and we're all teaching, um, is to do it in the way that feels right for you. And you've done, you've started businesses, and I think in a very creative way, because it's my way too, it's like, I think I'll try, I think I'll do this thing. I'm not going to, there's no business plan involved. There's no, like, it's it's because of a passion, an idea that sounds good, a possibility that we go for it. And, and, and listening to yourself and to your heart or your whatever mojo or Bob or whoever's telling you what to do, like, that's something to remind people, remind ourselves and remind others that go back to what feels right to you and, and make a decision based on that. Yes. Uh, and I definitely also suggest in, in top of that too, you know, listen to that solar plexus, that inner gut, you know, the, the, it's technically the third brain, right? The heart, it's the second brain. And then you have the one on, on top of your shoulders. Yeah. But when you have all three and they all have very different feelings, and, you know, your your heart brain is a different function, differently. We're very rational in your brain up above your shoulders, but your stomach is, has the instincts. Mm-hmm. And that's that has a different, you know, so when the three align, it, you know, that, that's when you turn a, a dime into a quarter. You know, right. it's, it's where you, things can really uh, grow and naturally. Um, exactly. I feel like when we have a thought, or at least for me, I hold my, my, you know, solar plexus or whatever, you know, my, my chest, my lungs, that's where I feel like the idea, you know, your gut, I don't hold my head when I have an idea. I hold like, it's like, pay attention to where that feeling is radiating from and go with it. You know, don't use your head, <laughs> use your, use your heart. You, and I love that you share that because I think too, you know, we live in a life we we may not be aware of all the input we receive right. and that, that's where the listening to yours just to yourself is really important yeah. because your husband or partner may be like why those ducks look like that that's child's work right or you have friends that don't like the color pink <gasps> i wouldn't have those kind of friends i'm joking but I, but what am i sharing is that by really only listening to yourself and be aware of what inputs are you watching a lot of TV that's got a lot of commercials? Are you, you know, there's certain kind of music that's just not working for you. That is all affecting, you know, you being able to concentrate and to listen to oneself. And I know there's a lot of millennials out there that are all into that yoga and that meditation, and I'm fabulously happy for them. But there are people that are still trying to get connected mm-hmm. and they forgot that it's natural to do so. It's yeah. natural to listen to yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I've done it. I've gone outside and gotten to my bare feet, even in this chilly winters, just to have my feet on the ground to get grounded. It's or so I, important. I mean, I, I know we read about that and we, but like literally doing that, like you said, even in the winter, it's so and important. Here's a trick too. Uh, there's lots of pine trees, of course, because it's Vermont. Um, I'll find a little windy country road. I'll open up my windows and and I'll just drive you know a little bit slower because no one's behind me, and and you get energy even just that way, 
so you know you you, the smells are different yes you get to smell the pines which is very purifying literally and it really helps you know attune and get yourself like all right let's get this going i got this Mm -hmm." you know there's a there's a it's a confidence booster i can remember that reminded me of an old memory of driving up to our cabin way up in the sierra and i'm I must have been college or shortly thereafter. And I had an old Volvo with a sunroof. And I remember being on a road or a highway. <clears throat> well, quotes. Highway, no one was around. And it was so dark. And I just stopped the car. I turned the lights off. I opened the sunroof. And it was so black dark. And there were so many stars. Because I was far enough away from the city. And I just we just grab those moments of appreciating that smelling those pine trees or the salt water or whatever it is watching the birds or we just take that away from ourselves and it makes a difference it grounds you in a whole different way just that moment a few moments exactly i really like that you shared that uh marco because i think it's so important for us to connect uh, to nature even if you know you don't draw nature but the point of really getting back to Gaia, Mother Earth, however you want to uh, reflect on that. Moving water is very good, um, whether it's a stream, a pond, an ocean, you know, something that's moving. Because mm-hmm. uh, those negative ions actually uh, help us sort of balance out the positive ions that we're giving off. Sort of like um, you take turmeric for, you know, antioxidant stuff, you know, that kind of idea. Um, and it's, it's, it works. It really does. Yeah. And I think, it, I think top of social media and Facebook and this and that. And then if you watch, well, if you watch TV, you know, it, there's so much input yeah. that it, it, you might not realize how cluttered right. everything can be. So, and like I shared right from the beginning of our discussions, you know, removing myself from people who were, who were negative mm. also really helps. So, and, you know, take a look at your circle to see where can you protect where you, those areas where you can uh, take them out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that you have so much knowledge about, you know, creatively, you're a great researcher and you're so good at sharing it, but like, and holistically as well, did the, did your apothecary business bring you to all these more holistic interests or were you always in that realm? Always in that realm. I think I started like tarot at 12 years old. Cool. Um, I was always fascinated. In fact, my friends, like at 11 years old, they would call me Dr. Quinn. Hey, Dr. Quinn, you know, so (laughs) I was, I I love that. Yeah. And so in fact, I was so interested in it. I, I was, you know, I was like, well, I'd love to license my art by age 21, whatever. But I think right before I started to move to Beacon, I was very close to becoming a nurse. Uh-huh. I, I was already certified CNA, you know, uh, and phlebotomist, you know, uh-huh. where I can like take your blood. And, yeah. And uh, the, the best part, though, is that I somehow, when I ever got to do the clinical work, not once, but twice, I ended up with bronchial pneumonia. And thereby uh, couldn't go to these nursing homes and give one of the patients, you know, that. And at that point, I said, you know what? Me becoming a nurse is not the way I need to heal people. I got to go back to, to what I was doing, you know. So so that's where I think heart and soul apothecary, it really helped. Um, and and then, of course, I loved feng shui. So back in, in Peekskill, I was 
you know, I was, I had two blogs that were doing really well. The Lucky Zen Dog, Feng Shui blog, and the Chef Maven, which was a cooking recipe blog. Cool. And uh, the, the Chef Maven was getting maybe 10K hits a month. I mean, it was, it was really doing yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things have to die, including those blogs. You know, right. you just segue, you just, you walk away. And, and the point, what I'm sharing here, it's okay to stop doing something if you no longer like doing it. Right. Don't force yourself to keep on doing it. And that goes back to our, you know, retelling our story. Yeah. We're allowed to start something new. You're allowed to turn the page. And I think some of us, we don't mean to, to even like, even take this as an analogy when someone stays in a relationship with someone way too long, right? right, right. Um, so, it, you know, with all that in respect, it really helps sort of, it's very free. Mm-hmm. And second thing is, it's actually okay to fail. Right. I've had in my in my case, I've actually had two successful companies grow to the point where I actually failed because of the, their success. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. keep that level that high. Right. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm tired of it anyhow, you know. Yeah. So when I came to Vermont, I decided to make heart and soul apothecary wholesale. Though mm-hmm. I do have a store upstairs um, and people have visited. And usually I tell my Airbnb guests, oh, let's exit through the store, shall we? Yeah. So boom, there's a little connection there. And I leave little samples of my products in the nice. rooms, in the bathroom. So they're like, oh, you have any more of that? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, the wholesale is much better for me because I get one order, you know, you know, versus having to do that show up of every day. And maybe I'm not feeling well. And I, I'm oh, hi, how are you? I, I couldn't agree you. more. <laughs> yeah. And when you're not feeling well, you know, it's going to rub off a little bit. And so you don't, you don't want to do that. And when you have re- a retail store, I mean, we, my mom and I had ours for over 10 years and it, oh, you do have to show up and you're, nobody loves it as much as you do. If you have employees, they're wonderful most of the time, but they don't, you know, they're going home at the end of the day. You're, you're figuring out a whole lot more and it is every day and the Saturdays and the things you miss on the weekends because you're at the store or whatever, the most amazing thing was moving into wholesale for me when I did that and just was like, oh my gosh, I only have to set up for a few shows a year. I can do what I want. I can be, I can still sell things and see the people I want to and interact with the people I want to, but I don't have to be behind that counter all day. That was fantastic. Yeah. But I, I do recommend trying it out. Yeah. You know, oh, I, 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 I still think about it. Does it does take money. It does take money. Yeah. And, and I, and I got some of the most, I got the, some of the best advice I've ever received. And I'm not two weeks of open, of being open in a very successful businesswoman who had a store in the next town over. She said, you know what? Listen to your customers. Yep. They will, she saw what I was trying to do with, oh, custom design is available and, and I can do this and that, you know? So I was trying to sell like, oh, I can do this and this and this and, this and that. Right. She said, you know what? I, that's lovely. That's great. But listen to what your customers want. Yep. Yep. They will tell you what you need to have in the store. I would not be where I am if I didn't have that store because of, I met so many artists that way. I realized that artists want a way to get their product out and, or their art out into the world. And that was really, that was the seed of it. So our paths are all what they are for a reason, you know? Well, you know, and, and to share something like that, I love how 
Lola Rogers of Make Art That Sells uh, explains, not only do people buy your joy, but when you create in that joyful state and create a product that you would really want in your home, yeah, that helps uh, really literally put behind it something that someone else is going to also love. Yeah, it's, it's, it's magic. Just so, just so fantastic. It and really I, I love that. You know, I have a question for you. This this is a question that I got this week, and this is a good segue because you do so much with print on demand. Someone asked me this week, will it matter to customers or companies looking to potentially work with me or license my work if I have a lot in print on demand sites, if I have a lot of things that are made in print on demand or, you know, what's your feeling on that? I have a definite opinion on that, which is no, it won't hurt at all. No, in, in, in fact, it actually can help. Yeah. Speaking of a great example that a lot of people may know is Kat Kolok, or I don't know how to pronounce her last name, C-O-L-O-Q. Mm-hmm. She started on Redbubble. Mm-hmm. And now she's connected with Bonnie, you know, and with Uppercase. Uh, she recently was with Adobe uh, on a live uh, seminar. So Cat. Uh, I think her name is Kat, like Kalak. She was on Skillshare. Mm-hmm. She still is. So, yeah, being on print on demand can actually even increase your chances for success mm-hmm. with, with getting out there. Now, I use, again, remember how I shared before how to turn a negative into a positive. Right. So, I let people know uh, you, you can't find this product anywhere else. Right? Mm-hmm. This is unique, it's made just for you. That's why it's going to take an extra week for delivery. Right. Okay. Right. As long as you're upfront, um, another one I, I, I've been seeing on Etsy a lot is, and I frankly borrowed that. I said, oh, I believe in sustainability. So I like to make sure it's a limited edition. So you can use these words as a way to really help promote your product is that, that it's that special. And the neat part when they realize, wow, I'm not going to have, you know, Mary, Mary Jane and Sue and Ellen all have, you know, the same thing. You know, I'll be the only one with that, right. with that style, you know, and, and, and I think we all still want to be individuals, but your younger buyers now, they're really kind of against the mass market Yeah, from what I can infer. And so being sustainable or being aware of that in your products, including print on demand is really changing too, with yeah. making sure things are maybe hundred percent cotton or recycled resources to make their products has been going a long way and it's, and it's growing, you know? Yeah. For sure. And that, I love that point of, of marketing it using those terms that, that are true. It's true. Plus, I think if you're going to work with a company, if a company is going to come in and license your work, they're not going to make the things you find on those print-on-demand sites. They're going to make totally other things, but they might see you. You know, Spoonflower is an example. There's so many ways to be found on some of these sites. Plus, if you're a creative trying to make it, you've got to pay the rent you have to have a multi-pronged approach, you know, make the money however you want and can make the money. Yeah, you're, you are so spot on with that, Margot. And I know people are, you know, fearful of like, well, I, I have too many links and shops and well, you really don't, but make sure they all land on your main right. website. I also would recommend too, uh, there's certain print on demand companies that are really fabulous. You have to do some of your own research. Yeah. Um, on another day, we can talk about comparison of, of different product demand companies because yeah. they do the prices and shipping and all sorts and how to price your product demand is very important too. 
your profit ratio though is actually yeah. slightly higher than say a basic license mm-hmm. uh, yes it you is. might receive on a product which is it, yeah which is kind of why i'm like I'll well and it's in your it. own hands right it's up to yes. you when you're licensing it's not up to you exactly uh and then you you know you received a draw per se you know you like an upfront royalty pay but you got to make sure hopefully two thousand units of that sells you know yeah uh, so and- as an example but you know, I I think the neat part though, print on demand. I'm gonna. This is a really good recommendation because I faltered not once but twice on this. And you know, we're talking about colors, and I'm I'm someone who loves strong hues. So I forget because I like to save power on the on on the. If I'm working in Procreate, for example, on the iPad, I have the brightness down. Uh, I do the same on my monitor on my iMac here. So. When right before you send it to, you know, up to the any product man or your agent or whoever, put up the brightness on your on your on your devices and see <laughs> like yeah. is that the real pink you want? Because I I did a great um one of my Humsa designs, uh I it's now it's called the pink room. So it has wonderful little comforter with my Humsa pattern and and the curtains, they match. But geez, that comforter, because the different materials. I'm like, oh. oh, I need sunglasses to look at the powder. It right. is so hot pink. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them. And I like hot pink. I mean, this is, it's not neon, but wow. it's. Is it how it, is it because of how it printed on the substrate on the particular fabric? I think a combination of that and me not paying attention to, you know, the brightness of actually how I had set it because I had designed oh, yeah. it with, you know, with not much, um, not much light in the product, you know, while I was designing it. Yeah. to save the eyes <laughs> yeah. oh, <laughs> or to God. save battery power, you know? Um, so that that's my, that's one of my favorite tips is to just before you send, put everything up on the price and see if you really like the results that you got. Yeah. And then make changes. Another thing that you, we talked about before we went live is you had some challenges in the past year that, caused you to make some different decisions and to just kind of say, I'm going to listen to myself. I'm not going to, you know, show up in the same way people might expect or society might expect with social media. Tell me a little bit about that and how that looked for you. Um, I decided uh, for various health reasons to take technically 2022 off. And in light of the pandemic that we had and how life has completely changed from thereof, and life is still changing in a lot of our countries. I it really helped me to see how much I had totally forgotten about taking care of me. Yeah, you know, taking care of everybody else. That's you know, that's my responsibility. I got you know, that's and I think I learned there was so much you know childhood healing. I learned that that me doing all of that was my way of feeling loved. Right. You know, where you don't have to always feel loved by everybody. You know, right. that's not going to happen. Right. That's not right. reality. Uh, but to understand that you need to take care of yourself. And it's hard, I think, for some of us. I'm a type A, you know, and I, to, to put me first because I'm like, that's so selfish. Especially when you're a giver. Yeah. You want to make sure other people are taken care of. Exactly. And because then you're, you often put yourself way down on the list. It, yeah. It's just like, just like I share with, you know, uh, putting art on top of the list, you got to do that self-care up there too. Because yeah. at this point, you know, I was like art first, then do this, this, and this and self-care way in the bottom. You know? right. <laughs> and it, uh, if it can go hand in hand, it really helps both. Oh, so much so. And it's hard. I, I, I think it's could have been a combination of combination of my upbringing, 
um, how selfless my parents seemed to be, but they actually both, you know, had active careers growing yeah. up. So, you know, I, I learned to work, you know, different ways. So it's, uh, it was certainly lots of learning and I'm slowly getting back into the groove. Yeah. And uh, what a difference though, to, you know, I thought, oh God, I'm, how am I not going to be able to do social media? Right. Telling you, I may have had, I don't think I posted 10 times all in 2022 on Instagram for the, huh. I have like five accounts. I don't think yeah. I posted more than 10 times total. Yeah. Do you feel like it gave you just brain space to do what you needed to do for you? Oh, very much. That's a wonderful question, Margo. Yes. It allowed me to really assess, you know, because I have a couple of businesses. I said, well, yeah. what? And I learned, for example, because due to one illness, the stamina that I had once and because of, I, I had COVID, that the that me being able to stand and go for, you know, you know, three hours standing and talking and making product was cumbersome to me and wasn't as effective as I once was in any way. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I have to change that. So, and I just recently sort of, oh, well, this is this, like, like you said before, I'll just try this. So I, you know, I've had this, you know, one company name that I've had in my head. Uh, There's a, you know, there's a Facebook group there that I I also run, but I, I said, I'll, you know, I'll just I'll just make that my main main name now, and I'll I'll sell under that. And uh, so I went from you know Heart and Soul Apothecary to Art Lounge Three Sixty Five because it, I rather sell a variety of products. This is me though. I mean, this is not for everybody, obviously. But again, you're allowed to rebrand yourself. You're right. allowed to Madonna. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and and how and how freeing that is, and uh, and. One trick, I, I love your Instagram posts because they're so insightful uh, besides your beautiful imagery that you create. Um, it's really, you know, I just, I just, I just, you know, you want to stare at it all the time. And when you had popped a question and I, and I, a lot of people have delicious answers about creative block mm-hmm. or art, you know, and I, I shared a little thing. I said, and I really don't get it. You know, I just, and I, a lot of people had shared what I was sharing that I, I just transfer you know, I try a different medium or I transfer tasks and go, okay, let me take care of my plants. That's creative. Yeah. You know, right. So um, or let me work in the kitchen a little bit. Um, but I also try to remember there's so many people out there right now. Uh, this is my altruistic you know, point of view coming out uh, that are unable to, to create. And so I, uh, for various reasons, and uh, I make sure to, to create because there are people out there that can't create that want to create. Love that. And so that's, that's a great motivation to say, well, geez, I'm so grateful that I have the chance because not everyone's creative. You know, we, we yeah. forget, you know, we're in all these beautiful social circles that we have so many really talented, I mean, like top talented creative people. So you must think like everyone's creative. Right. <laughs> but I remember a bestie I had when I was growing up and she loved my paintings. She says, well, well what are you famous? You know, just keep giving me paintings for my birthday. So I did. And she said, well, you know, they're going to be worth a lot when you're famous. I'm like, I'm not looking to be famous. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but I thought it's so amusing that she saw something and she's, cause I didn't, I can't do that. And she has a very successful job. Yeah. Um, but go, go figure. So there are people out there that we even love very much. who are just not creative, but they do admire your work. So right. remember that as, as one grows as an artist or, or you change or segue your careers. I think it's tricky too, because, you know, I feel like 
creativity shows up in so many different ways, but you might have grown up in a family where they didn't put the same emphasis on the importance of being creative, right? You were, and I were both lucky to have parents that, that were, and, and we all know people that have struggled saying, I want to be an artist or do this or that, or so, you know, find your moments where you can find your people that you can talk to. And that's one of the nice things about these online groups or life you know, a plug for my Patreon, you know, classes you can take, Facebook groups you can join, retreats you can go to, these wonderful challenges that you can find on Instagram every month. You know, find the people that are doing the things that you're interested in as well. And there will be the people that can support you and your dreams and your growth. Not only that, you know, today's full moon, the worm moon, yeah. yeah, is the perfect time to start exactly what Margaret is sharing with all of us here in terms of, you know, the womb, the worm moon, uh, which is full, and of course in Virgo and all the other kind of good stuff, which is very organized, organized and and uh, decluttering is very important too at this point. Really, very very yeah. important for you, Feng Shui, uh, with the worm moon, but it's a great time for new beginnings. And it's a time for hope. Mm. And it's sort of where the the actual worms are starting to like, oh, spring will be here eventually, mm. but it's coming, you know? And it is, right? We have what spring's coming, what, in five days? So this is a wonderful time to actually do some exploring yeah. and to get inspired by and really assess that, you know, through like you shared with the, you know, hand on, on your, your chest and your and your also on your stomach, uh, right, right, right by your belly button. And really instinctively see, what do you want to do today? How do you want to live your life for the next couple of years? How do you want, do you want to be creative? Do you want to run a shop? Would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? And right. and then try to explore even, and even gentle, you, know, you don't have to go full out. I was, I was like, I'm all in, let's go. But you know, some people, maybe, you know, it's okay to put a, a toe, a big toe in and just yeah. feel it out a little bit. And then you, you're like, well, this is a bad Oh, let me now you're up to your ankles. You know, like, oh, this is really getting good. And then yeah. before you know it, you're diving in. You're doing flips into the water, and you're, you know, happy as a as, a, as an artist full of uh, full of paint on their hands. <laughs> exactly. And I think sometimes diving in, or or even sticking a toe into those to those things, whether it be a creative idea or paying more attention to yourself and your own needs, that's where it gets. I don't know. For me, if you're a giver or you've grown up, you know, my mom's definitely a, a giver and, and you start to think, what if I need to take for myself? What if I need to take some time for myself? Does, is, does that count? Can I, you know, and then starting to pay attention to that in this time of change, in this time of new beginnings, I just want to <laughs> encourage you to say yes to that. You for you and those listening, I think, you're a great example of someone who has said yes to the to the things that feel like they're important and you're in a place that feels right for you. It's exciting. You wake up and have challenges, but you're surrounded by things you want to be surrounded by. You've made choices like that. And I and I just encourage anybody who's thinking about that and listening to that it is a time of change to use it as an excuse, you know, like just lean in. Exactly. Yep. So much can even, come from it. Even 10 minutes 
of yeah. leaning in, you know, and give your, I, I like to do that. You know, I, I, uh, this house came with a lot of stuff, as I said, tools and, and beautiful art and uh, furniture and there's spaces in this house. I still never been physically up in the attic. I've only seen photos. Okay. I swear you could have a whole like Instagram or a YouTube or whatever, of just showing us around the house. I would love to see it. Uh, you know, I should start doing that. And that's, a, I love how you, that's a great idea. It would be fascinating. It's fun. And, and especially, you know, the difference of living Vermont compared to a New Yorker, you know, there's, there's lots of uh, interesting differences, you know, but, yeah. but that's true with anybody. There's something interesting in each one of our lives yeah. that can be expressed. That's unique to you. Right. We're not all alike. We just aren't. And I think we should use one of your words, relish and the fact that we are different and to learn also from one another. And I loved how you, you shared before. You know, we're all teachers. And I, I love to say each one teach one. Mm. You know, we, we all are each other's teachers and we're also each other's students. Yeah. And when you when you're when you realize that of yourself, that wow, you're still learning. Like I know Photoshop. Geez, the more I know Photoshop, the realize. I know nothing on Photoshop, but I use it every day, you know. <laughs> You're so good at the diving in and 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 embracing new things too. And and show showing others, telling others, sharing things online. I think your the Facebook group Art Lounge 365 is yeah. your it's so much fun to dig in there and see like, oh my gosh, look what Leah's found today that she's sharing with us. It's really great. I I you know, I'm up early. You know, here's the other thing. I love what I do so much. I basically put in probably anywhere from 12 to 15 hours a day mm -hmm. just doing what we're doing now, uh, creating. First of all, and I'm fortunate too, I only got cats. I don't have a partner at the moment. I don't have kids running around. So I, you know, I don't, I, I, I've made my life so there's no interruptions yeah. unless I want them. Right. Of course, you know, occasionally you're going to get an interruption here and there, but it's important because, you know, I, for example, Make sure that no notifications are turned off. So this way, again, no, I, I'm able to limit the input so that I can concentrate on what I'd like to do. And you have, everyone here has that ability to do that. And right. I really recommend take today's full moon as a way to, and, and the next full moon too, which I, it's not the strawberry moon. I kind of look it up which one it is, but to really access how wonderful your own life is and can be and how you can adjust it accordingly to implement some of these lovely things you'd like to do and, and put forth um, in your creative career as you grow it you know and yes definitely join some groups uh it is worthwhile to, to be around like-minded tribe it really is it, it really is, is very important it's changed my life in yeah. the past 10 years really changed my life same for sure for sure i i mean it just you and anyone listening, everyone listening, this is why we do what we do, you know, it really is. Tell me who's inspiring you. Cause you have some good stories there too. Um, gosh, who inspires me? I, well, you want, should I tell you the, the funny story about feeding the cat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this, this is funny. Cause I, I, I never knew who she really was. You know, I just knew her as Mrs. Newman as in Vera. Very new. Oh, so and, cool. So yeah, cool. totally great. Now, I, I was like eight. It started, I guess, when I was around eight. And they hadn't bought their big house up on Finney Farm Road. And this is Croton on Hudson. Where I was so right. tell people who Vera Newman is, just in case 
they're not. Uh, I don't know how you. <laughs> well, we'll put yeah. a link in the in the you know yeah, show Vera, notes, but yeah. So Vera Newman, actually, her work was similar to later on Maramikos mm-hmm. in terms of very bold floral colors. A lot of people are like, oh, I collect her scarves, but she did all sorts of other other stuff. And this is before Photoshop. Right. This was 40s, 50s, right? Yeah, yeah 60s. 60s for sure, yeah. And and uh and of course she was really well known come like come 70s, but then she just amazing. And then the new house that she bought, she it was an old modern, well, that's that's an oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> it was modern it was a modern house that needed a lot of work. And there's information online about that renovation oh, and it was cool. very bold and, and fed with views of the Hudson River up to George Washington Bridge. And just really wow. And my neighbor, who was a friend of mine, happened to be, sorry, my friend happened to be her neighbor okay. in that house. So that's why I got to the pet the goats. You know, we played in the woods. I'm like, oh, here, here, we just pet the goats. Um, but Mrs. Newman, back when I only knew her as Mrs. Newman, they lived in this ultra modern house up uh, up the hill right around from my house. And I was known as the person that the kid that feeds the kitty cats, you know, when you go on vacation. Sure. And so, yeah, so I would, I'd go up and, and in, a case, in fact, her cat would never show up somehow. I think it was a Siamese cat. And, but I was like, well, the food's gone. Let me refill, you know, fresh water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I'd walk home and I don't, I, and in fact, I don't even remember if I got paid or not. I just, I, I, you know, I just remember like such a cool house, man. And yeah. I had no clue at that time that, you know, she was very yet. We even had Vera, Vera fabric in our house, you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it just sort of. Did she started. have, do you remember her house? Did she have her own, did she have art that might've been hers or was it just, just the whole overall experience that was interesting? The overall experience was pretty interesting, but I never got to see her studio. And I think that's where she kept most of her stuff, but you know, from an early age, and this is sort of a fun story. Um, for some of you may not know, I was adopted and I was adopted at five years old. And upon adoption, the mother that adopted me said, well, what would you like? She wanted to redecorate my room. And I never had a bedroom. I didn't even ha- ever have a bed at that time, really. <laughs> and uh, it was foster care and all that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. And so sure enough, I said, well, I'd, l- I'd like it to be like a garden. Go figure, right? I right. love flowers. So sh- we went off to the current wallpaper store and she and at that time there were these really they were very heavy very big books oh yeah and I opened them up and she opened them up and we went through them and that's the first time I got to see colorways of a different pattern oh, let alone yeah. the patterns existed yeah, yeah and I was amazed because I was like oh this is so pretty oh look at that one. Oh, look at that one. Oh wow you know and, and not only that but you were creating for a space you'd never had as well correct and uh, that was great. And we actually did that room twice. Later on was with some uh, Ashley. Laura Ashley. Laura Ashley. Yeah. Um, work. It was great. I had a a, por- a swinging porch, you know, Chair. hooked up into my yeah. bedroom. It was really funny. Oh, cool. It was good. It was great. So, you know, I think that's where it really started along with my grandmother in terms of, you know, recognizing that I love to create. Yeah. And, uh, and from then on, they just made sure I, you know, I had some of those outlets and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, make sure that I was showing up to whatever, you know, the piano lessons or, right. you know, to the art, art lessons and things like that. So it's always been a part of me. Yeah. Um, 
And How great so that I, they they were there to show you that 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 was important as well, and that could be pulled out. Yeah, and, and, and your and opinion and, mattered. Yeah, and it's interesting too because for you know when I was married, I really was I wasn't painting at all because I we were running a company. But as soon as I left that, I went back to art and music, and it it, it was like I never left, and I and I started blooming within. Yeah. Like, oh, this, this feels so much better. I've missed this. this is so healing, you know, and, and that's where, again, listen to that instinct of yours. It's telling you so much that will heal you and help you thrive. Um, it's, it's just really asking you to do that, especially if you're, not, if you're feeling icky, then listen, really listen. There's, just, there's a reason why it's icky. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, where are some of the places that people can find you and connect with you, Leah? Sure. Uh, artlounge365.com is easy place to, to find me. I'm also with that same name over on Etsy, where you're going to find a lot of things there. Uh, I'm just just changing the website over from the apothecary, but it's the same address. Everybody, they all they all go to the same spot, you know. And uh, of course, you can find me on Facebook under Leah Quinn Design there, as well as Instagram Leah Quinn Design. I love uh, that. And can we, yeah. can we get your apothecary goods through that website yes. as well? Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love that your logo says there's always a plethora of possibilities. We talked about this. That was an oldie. Um, back, you're going to laugh at this because I, I never share this, but I spent 10 years before I really, that, in that Peekskill Beacon time I was sharing yeah. about in New York, 10 years as a singer songwriter running open mics. And you skipped that part. <laughs> yeah, I totally, yeah, I know, I know. And, but, and I still love, I really love music. Can we find your music online anywhere? Yes, but I hide it. <laughs> there, there, you can actually find it on YouTube. There's a song out there still. And there's some on SoundCloud. and Awesome. But, yeah. but MySpace. You know, yeah, no, I know, right? No, I, I deleted that years ago. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's funny. And now I, I love to create uh, not just meditation music, but it's, I have to make sure I have no caffeine that day. Uh, well, I do that because I, you know, you again, it's sort of like you you get so excited when you're creating. I tend to play really fast, but you know, so I learned actually by age twelve just to record it. Yeah, don't worry about transcribing. So cool. just record it, and uh, and it, that has worked for me. So then you can just put it into the programs, edit accordingly, repeat whatever you need, take out yeah. you know the wrong whatever. Um, but the point is, is that that was my tagline back then. Yeah. There's always a plethora of possibilities. I remember it. I mean, I can visually see it, you know? Yeah. When yeah, I think so. about it. Well, you're yeah. one of those people that I continue to learn from. And I, I hope you'll take some of these things you're so passionate about and record them, continue, you know, in this way that you do with being so generous, sharing in your Facebook group, Art Lounge 365, and just so many ways that you are generously helping the rest of us. Appreciate well, it. I actually have been trying to do that over at Art Lounge 365 Good. on YouTube. Good. So, you know, I try to do a little demo de demonstrations there. And Good. Okay, we'll come so, find you. you. It's been amazing to be here. Oh, thank you, Leah. I'm just so glad to have the chance to sit down and talk. We need to do this more often. Five years is too long. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, my dear. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. 
For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.